0: SOS Radio On Demand.
1: It changed my heart.
0: On Demand.
1: It changes your life.
0: Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. We're talking about how to be an intentional father, and we're all so busy. We all have so many things coming at us. You think about your time. You think about where you're intentional. You think about your goals, and you do all this fun stuff, and then your kids, like, they don't even listen. We're talking with John Tyson today at SOS Radio. How are you? I'm doing really well, and uh, it's so
1: good to be with you again.
0: It's crazy how we plan and we prep and we try to come up with the conversation starters with our kids, and sometimes they're just not responsive, but we feel like, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to shepherd my family. I'm supposed to be a leader for my family, especially as guys. We beat ourselves up, don't we?
1: Yeah, we do so often. I think the most important thing is we've got to reject the cultural pressure. And we simply have to ask, what is God asking from us when it comes to parenting? And it's a lot less than our culture expects. If we get the fundamentals right, which is to raise them with a biblical vision and to love and discipline them, that's really about it. And so I think like one of the most important things we can do is reject the outside voices and just tend to what it is that God's called us to do.
0: You know, it's so tough because there's so many priorities that we want to see in our kids. And then we try to be strategic in one area, and sometimes our kids, they totally reject it. Or there's other things that we're trying to model, like straight from the Bible, and we're like, guys, this is not a negotiable. Like, this is God's truth, and regardless of how it makes us feel, we have to do this. And our kids still reject it. John, what do you suggest for parents to feel like, I'm trying to do these things, but— my kids just aren't responsive. Do I? You know, at what point am I pushing them away versus am I supposed to keep pushing through?
1: Well, I think one thing we've got to remember, number one, remember what you were like when you were a teenager or a young person. And so, number one, start with some compassion and patience. They are dealing with a lot of complexity. There's so many things they're trying to figure out how to get together. So, yeah, remember that you were there at one point in life. The second thing I'd say as well is we never know what it is that's actually going to catch on in our kids' hearts. So we can have these huge plans and we can do these big things and we think that's what's going to really change them. But it can honestly be just a kind word. The way you respond in a pivotal moment where you show grace instead of judgment, a way that you discipline, even if they don't like it in the moment, but years later they say, thank you for putting that boundary in place. So I think the key is just, as it says in the scripture, so generously and you never know which part of your parenting and truth is going to hit their heart and bear fruit for the long term.
0: Parenting is such a challenge, and it takes a lot of resources, a lot of time, a lot of emotion. And we're talking to John Tyson today at SWS Radio, and he's a pastor of Church in the City in New York and also written a lot of books. But, John, over the past 30 years, Barner Research has put together, like, millions of interviews. And one thing that they've seen time and time again is the lack of fathers stepping up in the United States. And they've seen this trend where a lot of the crime, a lot of the broken brokenness in our world, a lot of the disconnection even with the church goes back to dads not being in the mix. Now, you wrote an entire book about this called The Intentional Father, a a practical guide to raise sons of courage and character. But what have you noticed about that fatherlessness initiative?
1: Well, I think honestly, it's one of the enemy's greatest attacks is to remove dads from their kids' lives and to discourage them deeply and to make them think that what they're doing isn't important or it doesn't make a big difference. And so I would just start by saying, I want to encourage dad, your role is more important than you know, and you don't understand how your simple presence, the right word at the right time can radically impact the outcome of your kid's life. So I think that we need to realize, number one, the importance of dads. We are central. We're not just central biblically, which is clear, but even sociologically, the data shows clearly that when kids have relationships with their dads, they thrive, they're less likely to get in trouble, they're more likely to to have self-restraint and discipline, they do better in school, and they have better long-term social outcomes. So even if you don't see it now, take heart, your simple presence may be the thing that changes your kids' lives.
0: Well, John, it's really interesting in Las Vegas. I mean, we're a city of almost 2 million people, and, you know, everybody thinks of Las Vegas as Sin City, and yeah, there's definitely a lot of that, but there's sin in every city, in every area that people are listening right now. But, you know, the mayor's office and a group of pastors have actually been working together in Las Vegas to help tackle that, because they've noticed that, like, rises in crime and gang activity and a lot of the employment problems, the education problems, even human trafficking problems that have gone on in the West Coast, so much of that is related to dads not being physically present in the mix. And that's not to put down moms. There's amazing ladies that have been stepping up to be single moms or stepping up just because their husband isn't a great father and they're trying to overcompensate for that. But this is a challenge for us guys who are listening to say, I can do better and I can be more intentional
1: but we're not trying to give you a guilt trip either. I basically say in the book that there's five kinds of dads. The first kind of dad is an irresponsible dad. And he's someone who just basically couldn't care less, got someone pregnant, then they bail. Then you have dads who they don't really know what to do. They're ignorant. And even if their heart's in it, like they just do not have the tools that are needed. Some other dads are inconsistent, which means they they pop in and out and they can actually do damage by their inconsistency. Then you have involved dads, and those are the dads that are like going to the game and doing the big things. But what I'm calling for is a movement of intentional fathers. And here's the difference between intentional and involved. An intentional dad asks this question, who is the kid or kids that God has given me? And how do I help raise them based on who God wants them to be? And an involved dad will show up and do a lot of good, but an intentional dad will customize their love and their care based on who their particular child is. And I believe that when a kid feels seen and known, and parents, particularly dads, are not just projecting into them who they want them to be, but helping them become who God wants them to be, it brings so much healing and so much life and so much blessing. And so when you get those intentional fathers, you can change a whole generation like that.
0: We're talking with John Tyson today at SOS Radio, and he's a pastor in New York City, also a best-selling author. And, John, you actually teamed up with Barna Group to do some in-depth research on this crisis that's been going on throughout America of kids growing up without a father figure in their life. And, I mean, even when kids do grow up with some dads, they don't always have a good relationship, and then they don't end up looking at them as a mentor. What have you noticed in this research
1: that totally challenged you One of the things I think was actually surprising was that there is a difference between Christian dads and dads who don't have faith, which means there seems to be a sense of obligation in a good way and responsibility that Christian dads feel towards their children. Now, all fathers have an instinct in their hearts towards that, but there was a mark where Christians took this disproportionately seriously. I also think some of the research showed that dads are a bit overwhelmed, meaning they don't have all of the tools they need. It's, it's pretty crazy to, to say, drop a 13-year-old in front of you and say, make them into a godly man now. <laughs> I wrote the book with a vision to lay out a pathway to walk your sons in particular from adolescence into manhood with a really careful, intentional plan towards that. So the research shows that Christian dads are better than others but they still struggle. And so I wrote this book to try and help deal with that tension so they feel confident in their parenting.
0: We think about how we raise our sons to become godly men or to raise our daughters to become godly women. And you start asking those sort of questions. And sometimes you realize, wait, am I even a godly man? Like, do I even know how to do this? I'm supposed to shepherd my child's heart. And I'm a mess. I'm Scott on SWS Radio. We're talking with John Tyson. He's a pastor with Church of the City in New York and also a best-selling author. He did a whole bunch of research with Barna Group studying dads in our country. And A lot of times our role as dads, we just sort of take it lightly because we're busy or we're emotionally stressed and challenged. But let's be honest, a lot of us just don't feel resourced and even knowing how to raise our child to come to love God, to experience God or to follow God. Where do you Think we should start if we're feeling that tension, John.
1: So, I want to acknowledge yes, there is a tension and people can feel overwhelmed. But I actually believe that that tension can be a gift because, you know, as several authors have noted before, whatever pain is not transformed is transferred, Ooh. which means if we are broken, we are struggling with our own things, if we don't consciously pay attention to our hearts and seek healing, we will unintentionally pass it on to our own kids. And so I believe it's a gift to just start inward before you try and fix everybody else. Just say, Hey Lord, I want to enter into a time of real discipleship. I want to journey inward and deal with my own wounds. Look at my own family, care about the things that I've left undone. i tell you this, it's parenting will put the fear of God in you like nothing else, <laughs> like nothing else. And so it's actually an opportunity to grow and fill in those gaps in your own formation and discipleship. So I would start with where you are, with who you are, Go back into your past and ask, what blessings do I want to bring forward into my kids' lives? And what brokenness do I want to dam up so that it doesn't get through and continue on? So start with your own formation. Spend some time evaluating your own journey. And then out of that place of awareness and health, then begin the journey of discipling and pouring into your own kids.
0: We're talking with John Tyson today at Eswiss Radio, and a lot of times when we think about raising our child to be a good person or a godly person or a citizen that contributes, I mean, you think about all these values that your family champion, but then Jesus comes into your life, he changes you, and you're like, how do I replicate that? in my child. And John, you wrote this book called The Intentional Father. and It's a practical guide to raise sons of courage and character. And you sort of go to this main question, we've got to ask, like, who is this kid that God has given me? And that's the place where we essentially really need to start.
1: This whole thing was based actually out of my own journey. My son and I have a lot of similarities, but we're also very, very different. And I realized that if I was going to help him become the person God needed him to be, I would have to design something based on his need, the different seasons that he was in. I would have to enter into his world. I would have to help guide him on the path that God had for him. So, yeah, so I think there's huge value in considering the people that God gave us and then working through that. So I've got a whole series of exercises in the book to help your son find out who he is. I've got a values audit. I've got helping them make sense of their own story understanding their personality, understanding the seasons and stages that they're going to have to navigate, and then giving you the tools to be able to walk through that. It's one thing to have self-awareness. It's another thing to have awareness of our sons. And when you get both of those things together, that's a really potent combination for a great relationship through the adolescent years
0: we think about championing our kids, finding their gifts, finding their talents, it's really interesting because when we think about school, starting here in the next month, and you think about, like, okay, there's my kid that works really hard, and maybe you have another kid that doesn't work that hard, or one that's smart academically, but other ones that figure things out and are good with their hands and have a lot of common sense but just don't get the A's on math tests. You want to speak life to your kids. You want to challenge your kids to step up. But you realize there's a difference between praise, like, hey, you did amazing on that test, and here's your props, versus speaking life to who your child is, where their personality is. What have you noticed about motivation that really cuts through when you don't always get the results that you want from your kids?
1: You know, when it comes to motivation, pep talks have some value. They do help a little bit. But I remember one distinct moment with my son. He was playing basketball, and I was just giving him pep talks. Come on, man. You can do it. You can do it. And I was getting frustrated because he was really struggling. And at one point, he yelled out to me, I can't do it. The pep talks aren't working. And it was a realization he actually needed some skills. He needed some training. And so I think we have to be willing not just to say the encouraging words, but to really enter in and to pass on the skills and learning that we have. Because ultimately, confidence comes from competence. And so it's when our sons know how to handle the basic issues of life, people skills, what to do with their sexuality, how to spend their money, what to do with their work, how to handle resistance, what to do with discouragement. When we actually equip them with those things, then they have the confidence in the world to go and actually handle those things. So I think it's important we don't just say the right things. We enter in and we give them the skills they need to actually succeed. By the way, that takes a lot more times than just a few encouraging words, but it's worth it in the long run.
0: We're talking about ways to be a more intentional parent. We're talking with John Tyson today at Eswiss Radio. He's a pastor at Church of the City in New York and also a best-selling author. John, one of the biggest challenges that we deal with, whether we have sons or daughters, is talking about purity and challenging our kids to think about who they are, how God's created them, where they're wired up. And then dating comes in, everybody's got the hormones. And we want to challenge our kids to think for the long haul, not just think about that cute boy or that cute girl that they're attracted to and they have a crush. John, where do we start with our kids to say, hey, listen, dating is something that's intentional, but also purity is something that we have to be strategic in.
1: I think the first thing we have to do is we have to give them a positive vision of biblical sexuality, you know? And so we have to actually show that like Christians hold to their sexual ethics, not because they're trying to restrict pleasure, but because they're trying to protect something that is potent and beautiful. And so we have to show the upside, God's design for sexuality, the beauty of sexuality, and then why God has put boundaries around it. Then I think it's helpful to say, here's the consequences of moving the boundaries away from what God has for us. And then we can show that like, here's what happens when you take something beautiful that is a gift and you distort it or use it improperly. And then I think we need to show people, here's how Jesus can redeem that if there is brokenness or failure in these areas. We wanna have a vision that is compelling so that kids embrace the sexual ethic and we wanna show them grace so that if they fail, which can happen a lot in adolescence, they don't enter into cycles of guilt and shame and condemnation that they find the welcome Jesus often gave. It's the beauty of sexuality. It's the brokenness of sexuality. And then it's the beauty of redemption of what happens and how God can restore us. I think if you get those things right, you're going to go a long way to having your kid have a healthy vision of Christian sexuality.
0: We all struggle with our parenting. We all wish we had a different strategy. We all hope we would have started certain discussions earlier. We're talking about The Intentional Father, and it's actually a book by John Tyson, and he's talking with us today. It's interesting. One thing that our culture loves to tell us is where our identity lies, like how you find your identity, right? But as a Jesus follower, our true identity has to be centered on God, right? Otherwise, we're always going to go sideways. We're always going to get twisted. We're going to put our identity in our our job. We're going to put our identity in our money or in our values or in our race or in our sexuality. And yeah, we're going there because all of those things are important things, but they're not the first thing. And when we put Jesus as our true identity, we find freedom. But culture wants to say the opposite, doesn't it?
1: I think that's absolutely true. What we have to help our kids see, you said it really, really well, an identity is a complex thing. And it consists of multiple different characteristics. But where the world goes wrong is it takes one part of our identity and it tries to make it the ultimate part of our identity. And what we have to help young people see: yes, this may be true of you, your race or your gender or your personality, your family of origin. These are true things about you. But the truest thing about you is who you are in Christ. If you can make that compelling, why is that good news? It's good news because our identity in Jesus is a gift, which means we receive it. We don't have to perform it. Cultural identities, you have to perform and it's exhausting. Biblical identity is received and it's stable. And it's also based on love. God has chosen us. He wants us. He welcomes us. And so I think when we make that compelling, when we help them see this is the truest thing about you, they can rightly order those second parts of their identity and everything is in its place.
0: It's so interesting when we have kids, and our kids are so different. Well, we're talking with John Tyson today at SWS Radio, and we're trying to understand our kids. One of the tools that you talk about in your book, The Intentional Father, is using the Enneagram. And essentially, the Enneagram is going through looking at different personality types. And yeah, there's some natural things that we're wired up with. Then there's some giftings and talents that our kids have. And we've got to acknowledge that our kids are often wired up very differently than our our
1: spouse and I are, right? I totally agree. The Enneagram is one tool of many that helps our kids get a sense of understanding. I took my son on this journey. We did a Myers-Briggs Enneagram. We did Strength Finders. We did the Berkman test. I wanted my son to enjoy the wonder of self-revelation. So I wanted him to know this is who God is, and this is who God has created you to be. And I tell you, kids love understanding who they're made to be. And so that's one of the gifts you can give them, not just projecting into them who you think they should be, but sitting down and taking the time to work through these things. Now, school does this, there's some vocational tests, but when a parent really works with their kid, this will change your parenting too. You'll know how to motivate them. You'll understand what they fear. You'll understand how to care about them deeply. So yeah, helping your kid figure out who they are is a huge gift and will really help your parenting.
0: It's a lot like the love languages sort of thing, too. It's yes, like, you know, a lot of probably. times we share love based off of how we feel loved. And if gifts is your thing and you buy your kid a bunch of gifts and you get him a new Xbox and every new game that comes out and you're buying them new scooters and guitars and they're like, yeah, this is nice, but... I just wish you would stop and encourage me and share some kind words. And you're like, oh, well, yeah, that doesn't do anything for me, but for them, maybe it does. Or for others, it's straight up quality time. And you're like just a rushed person that's running back and forth and you don't think a whole lot about that. But your kid's just craving like 15 minutes where you pick up an Xbox and just play a video game with them. You realize that we express love a certain way, but our kids don't always receive
1: it that way because they're wired up differently. Yeah, at some point, If you really want to love your kids, you've got to enter their world. I think we're at a point right now where it's not enough to just try and love your kids. You actually have to love them in a way where they feel it and they receive it. And again, I think that's all about being intentional. And sometimes it's going to make us do things we'd rather not. Sometimes it will require sacrifice. But I think the real power comes when our kids see you've entered into my world to do what I value and what brings me joy. And that's where I think that emotional connection comes. And that's ultimately what we're hoping for with our kids, to establish an emotional connection that will help us get through the turbulence of the teenage years and into a healthy adult friendship. Intentionality entering in, I think, are keys for that.
0: And then that opens up the door for all those teachable moments, naturally, organically. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: Well, we're talking with John Tyson today at SOS Radio, and his new book is called The Intentional Father. It's a practical guide to raise sons of courage and character. Hey, thanks so much for sharing today, John.
1: No worries. It's always a joy to be with you guys, and I just wish you grace and peace wherever God's got you in your parenting journey right now.
0: Thanks for streaming Scott Harold's podcast from SOS Radio. If you're one of our regular listeners, would you consider giving it a five-star rating? It really helps spread the word.